Hey, welcome everybody. You're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. I am your host, Felipe Melicio, and with me as always is Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you doing this evening? Hi, guys. Uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, I've been up since three o'clock in the morning, you know, typical Monday. We're uh, ready to get the show on the road so I can go to bed. Yeah, ditto, <laughs> ditto. Yeah, I mean, I too have been up since three o'clock in the morning, but that's not for the same reasons you, you you're... <laughs> I mean, I mean, my job is technically babysitting. You were (laughs) sitting a baby. Uh, Close enough. Yeah, somebody just refused to go back to bed and uh, that that ruined my day today. So we'll we'll see if she does better today. In the meantime, you have us for the next hour or so uh, as we, you know, last week, Sean, we talked about uh, some of the. Well, first of all, foremost, we talked about how awful the waiver wire landscape is with pitchers. They're just there's just not any to speak of anybody to brag about and no, you know it, it was a very frustrating uh ordeal to talk about them uh last week as as, as the cover is pretty bare at this point so we're going to switch gears and now talk about some of the hitters that might be available uh in fantasy and not just that but you know from a real baseball perspective some hitters that you may have not uh realized ever existed uh we always like to uh throw out names out there that you know, are, are way, way, way under the radar as, uh, you know, today's uh, scrubs is tomorrow's superstars, it seems like. So <laughs> might as well, uh, get, you know, get ahead of the curve and uh, bring it to you guys first before anybody else. And uh, Sean, I'm sorry, uh, you said you had a, a name you wanted to talk about. Uh, I'll let you start out. What yeah, player so, I mean, j- just looking at the, the month of August, you know, yeah. The, the top six hitters and really top 10 are just really everyone we expect to be there, right? You know, Jesse Winker, he was there, and but he's now on the injured list, replaced by top five Reds prospect Jose Barrero. Keep an eye on him in deeper leagues. Uh, yeah. But then you get a name like um, CJ Crone is apparently one of the league's best hitters so far in the month of August. Uh, only, you know, 12 game, 50 plate appearances, but right up there with uh, Eloy Jimenez and Teoscar Hernandez, who just won player of the week. Uh, and then number six is uh, really going to throw a wrench in people's plans. It's um, <laughs> Chicago Cubs. Uh, I guess he's doing his best Dave Kingman impersonation, but Frank Schwindel in 13 games so far in August, 48 plate appearances, four home runs, 13 RBIs, batting 378 with a 207 WRC+. Plus. Uh, of course, that Cubs team has literally nothing to lose except more games. So Schwindel is right in the middle of the lineup and what his teammate is actually 13th in terms of best WRC plus in the month of August, Rafael Ortega, who's just playing himself up and up ADP list for next year. Uh, Like I said, those aren't two names that we really expected to be there. CJ Crone and Frank Schwindel, but here's these lumbering right-handed power hitters. And uh, we're starting to see some revitalization of players that had struggled early in the year too. guys like Michael Conforto having a hot month so far, Matt Chapman having a hot month so far. So there are some rebounds, also some oddballs uh, like Schwindel uh, that are out there as well. Yeah, I can't find Jose uh, Barrero on, in fan grabs. Does he go by a different name? Uh, it's uh, I'm pretty sure uh, B-A, uh, B-A-R-R-E-R-O. Oh, there he is. So why why isn't he showing up when I type up? It? Oh, oh, <laughs> okay. Because he's still listed as in Triple A. Is that the same guy you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He he's had a, a 153 weighted runs created plus, a 305, 389, 584 slash line in Triple A. 
Uh, that's good for a 413 Woba. And he chipped in a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. A uh, so, bit. <laughs> yeah, 17 home runs, 15 stolen bases on the year so far, and less than 300 plate appearances in the minors. Um, he might not be Jesse Winker, but he might just be something that your team needs, especially if you're trying to catch up a little bit in stolen bases. Uh, he's a guy that could do it. So I lied. I said, uh, you know, I promised that we were going to talk about, you know, go all the way back to the beginning of the month of August, right? But because for all your loyal listeners out there, you get an extra two days for me. I'm going back to July 30th up to the present time to check out the stats. And the first name I want to talk about is Josh Rojas. It's a guy we talked oh, about. Oh, God, God. Ah, you beat me to it. That was who I was going to pick. Well, you, you know uh, how I go. Well, you, you picked all those other guys. I mean, yeah, because Rojas was going to be my crown jewel of analysis. But go ahead. Yeah, Tell me yeah. about Josh Rojas. This guy, I, I, you know, you got five <laughs> names in, and, and you're mad that you didn't get the sixth name in. Come on, man. <laughs> you know how it works. I throw you the names. I feed you the rock. <laughs> but anyway, Josh Rojas is a guy we talked about at the beginning of the season. I know you were high on him earlier on uh, when Cattell Marte went down. Um, of course, I don't I don't know. I'm not familiar with his game lock, but he just kind of disappeared. Um, injured. From, injured. Yeah, oh, broken pinky. Okay. Broken pinky. Um, hit by pitch, I believe, or a stolen base. Oh, okay. I, I honestly thought that it, Diamondbacks were getting a lot of the scrub players back, and Rojas was kind of like the odd man out. But uh, so far, since July 30th, uh, he's you know the trade deadline, right? Uh, he's been killing the ball um, yeah. lately. Uh, you're high on him. Are you still high on him now? Yeah, he, he's really helping me out uh, in that 30-team dynasty league. I was laughed at when I saw Josh Rojas, you know, absolutely crushing the ball in spring training, and I was like, here's a guy – uh, he, he, he's not going to light up, you know, crazy amounts of stats, but in a, in very deep leagues, depth is important. I, I, I sacrifice prospect depth for actual major league talent depth. And I lost Nick Madrigal. So jo- Josh Rojas became my starting second baseman. And then on July 21st, he was hit by a pitch, broke his hand or pinky, whatever it was. And okay. since coming back on August 10th, he's had 23 plate appearances, uh, with 10 hits, and uh, they don't have the amount of walks right there, but he's got a home run, three doubles, and a triple. Uh, that's good for a 476 average over his last six games. And um, he came back hot. You know, sometimes it, it's very weird with injuries. You know, sometimes a, a player will come back and they'll struggle for like a month or a week. And then some guys like Fernando Tatis and Josh Rojas just come out of nowhere and absolutely blast the cover off the ball. Um, There is a little bit of rain to drop on his parade though is for the month. He has a 570 Woba. uh, If I could get this to blow all the way up of, but his expected Woba is three Oh one. So he is massively under or overperforming his expected stuff right now, but in a, such a short sample size, you'll take whatever you can get, especially from a guy like Josh Rojas. And once again, uh, he's batting leadoff just like he was at the beginning of the year when all the uh, injuries started to pile up for the Diamondbacks at the like way back in April, May, maybe even June. Uh, but he's not, according to uh, roster resource, he isn't playing regularly. It seems to be like uh, Josh Van Meter has played a lot when he was out. Yeah. Um, Cattell Marte still playing center field. I mm-hmm. don't think they want him there full time. Uh, Paven Smith and Chris, it, that lineup is, they're just figuring out the pieces for next year, I think. 
Yeah, they have to because this year is pretty much gone unless they're facing the Padres. So, <laughs> <laughs> call the uh, ambulance. Not for me. Get snow hit by the Arizona Diamondbacks. Their second no hitter of the year. Screw your screw, yeah, screw you, Major League Baseball. So Josh Rojas is at fifty one percent ownership rate. So uh, uh, go pick him up, I guess. Uh, Sean's a big fan. Uh, and Been he's a fan betting, for a long time. For a very long time. Yep. Uh, and he's batting leadoff. So what more do you guys want? I mean, the only bad thing is that he's on the left-handed side of the. Of, of oh, that, that's that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It is if you have to share time with people uh, who does roster resource say he's actually in a platoon with someone no but the fact that he's been uh he he got benched on wednesday he got benched on saturday and like you mentioned josh van meter took his spots in the lineup um yeah van meter was is batting leadoff but each, but van meter's also a lefty each time that rojas gets and sat. he's got a 797 ops and a 113 wrc plus against lefties he's Ooh, not van platoon meter? material no uh rojas oh God. Rojas? yeah van, van meter's really uh, like he's uh, he's the quintessential quad a player which we had a post about quintessential quad a players uh, in I, I, ba- baseball I, life earlier this week i get all that just why is rojas getting benched for a quad a player you know because he just came back from injury i don't care rojas, <laughs> should, be, rojas should be good to go let's go <laughs> what is he a catcher anyway <laughs> Uh, Rafael Ortega is the next guy on the list. Uh, you just mentioned him a little bit, but just to show off the uh, July 30th, since July 30th numbers, uh, I mean, with, <laughs> I mean, obviously the Cubs uh, traded away a lot of their big pieces and Ortega should be benefiting from the extra playing time. Uh, he's posting really good numbers. He's playing almost every day, leading off at center field, also left-handed, but he is 30 years old. But the Cubs are tanking, full tank mode, so... They're, they're going to put up a lot of bad players out there just so they can continue to lose because they're You losers. think they're tanking for Tua, but they missed the memo and they're a year or two late? For Tua Tagaliviola? Yeah, Tua Tagaliviola. Uh, no, man, hey. wrong sport. Wrong sport. It, it, Cubs are that out of touch. They they might have missed the memo there. No, man, that, that's why they got rid of Theo Epstein. I thought that Jed Hoyer was supposed to fix all that because uh, Theo Epstein was so disconnected. All but, hail, Jed. <laughs> all hail, all hail, no, Jed. Uh, but things to like about Artega has four home runs since July 30th, uh, posting good on base, very patient hitter, uh, swinging strike rates above 10%, however, so that's uh, something to worry about. He, does ma- he doesn't make very consistent contact. That might be the problem there. But uh, so far, he's uh, taking advantage. Like I said, taking advantage of the playing time. What do you? I mean, I think you mentioned him already. But anything else you want to add to? Yeah, I think he's been super impressive. Um, Obviously, overperforming a little bit, but I mean, the the underlying numbers are good enough. Um, Over the month of August, three sixty eight expected woba, four sixty eight woba. He's hitting a lot of line drives. Uh, high expected batting average, one of the highest in baseball over that time period, in which he's batting 404, which is close to the major league lead in batting average over that time. So we'll see. We'll see what the Cubs do. But that's Rafael Ortega, 45% ownership. So a lot of guys, uh, a lot of people are not convinced. We move on to another Cubs player. You already mentioned him as well, Schwindel, uh, who I just wanted to mention (laughs) went from 1% to 14% this week. So the dreams do come true. I, I am manifesting Frank Schwindel right now. I'm sorry, manifesting Frank Schwindel. Yeah, in, in onto people's rosters. Oh, I see. I see. There, there you go. Uh, but currently at first baseman. Uh, what else has he done? Uh, yeah, he also hits the four home runs, just like Ortega. This uh, since July 30th. Uh, he is actually more of a free swinger than Ortega. However, like really impatient at the plate. He, I, I, I said Dave Kingman. Yeah, no, I, I, I <laughs> yeah, but uh, 13.2 swinging strike. Uh, I don't think, I don't know, man. Dave Kingman, 
I'm just looking at the numbers from July 30th, and he, I mean, Swin, Schwindel has only struck out 20.4 percent uh, of his plate appearances. So, I mean, I'm assuming Kingman was much higher than that, but he does hack a lot. He does hack a lot, and he does put a good barrel percentage on that ball. But uh, anything else you want to add about Frank Schwindel before we move on? Not really, but he is an interesting player because once again, he's done very well in AAA, and he's just kind of aged out at AAA and bounced around to a lot of teams. And usually we see these guys, they get called up, they hit a couple of home runs, but they're striking out like 30% of the time. And the team that calls them up usually doesn't keep them around. But Chicago, like we said earlier, has nothing to lose. So why not let Frank Schwindel play every day in left field, even though he's probably more of a first baseman? Yeah, even though he's 29 years old and he's been playing every day, batting second, right, bats right-handed. You got, Why not nothing to, you got nothing to lose. No, literally, you got nothing. You said <laughs> it right the first time, but then kept going. No, they have nothing, literally nothing in, in this uh, on this team. So, yeah, he'll be around for a little bit. Uh, move on to Bobby Dahlbeck. I know this is a guy that a lot of the podcasts I listened to this past weekend were mentioning as a not I wouldn't I don't want to say red flag, but as a, a guy who's not going to be getting the playing time as the Red Sox are pretty um uh, they're pretty deep in those positions that Bobby Dahlbeck can position himself in. Uh how do you see Bobby Dahlbeck uh making an impact for the Red Sox for the rest uh, of the year? He's lost his uh, he's lost his spot on the roster. I, I believe, I mean, once Kyle Schwarber was traded for, even though he was injured at the time. Uh, we saw the writing on the wall. At this point, Dahlbeck will probably be a platoon player, uh, which he has done fair, you know, fairly well against lefties. So if you're in a daily league, I mean, it's like night and day lefties to righties for him. He's batting almost 280. Uh, how many of his home runs came against lefties? I had it right here. Yeah, he has six home runs against lefties in 139 player appearances, eight home runs versus righties in 193. Uh, he just righties have owned him basically all year. Uh, lefties, he actually has some success. He's 18% above league average against lefties, 32% below league average against righties. So settling into a platoon there, Dahlbeck is. Uh, it's just a really flawed approach, a, a legit 30-grade hit tool. But he, he's got huge power. I mean, there's no doubting that. It's just, it is a 30-grade hit tool. And uh, interesting note, Travis Shaw is back with the Red Sox uh... Uh, that was also mentioned this past weekend, and now I'm seeing it, and I can't. I still can't believe it that it has come full circle for Travis Shaw. Yes, he has. Now there is one lesser known, and I'm sure he fits underneath your uh, ownership percentages. Who I was not allowed to talk about two episodes ago, two weeks ago, and that was Abraham Toro. Uh, who, he's not even listed here, man. No, people um, should know who he is. Yeah, but what's his ownership percentage? Oh, do you got, okay, hold on. I got to look it up. I got not, you here. I, I I haven't looked it up, but I'm I know it's there. I know it's below your fifty five percent. There's a, it, it would show up. Okay, well we'll see. Okay, that's okay. So Abraham Toro, right? Uh he's already owned in my league. So like a long time ago, he was owned, and sure enough, he's oh look at that fifty percent. Yeah, twenty nine percent starting. He has a, where is it, 433 on base percentage uh, since the calendar flipped to August. All of his stuff is awesome. He's batting 320 with a 290 expected batting average. Uh, he's actually underperforming his power numbers. 460 slug with a f- almost 550 expected slugging. He's awesome. Abraham Toro is awesome. Josh Rojas is awesome. And they were all in that same group of prospects uh, back in 2019 that I was really excited about. And you know what? Player development takes time. So <laughs> now, now we get to reap the rewards. 
Yeah, uh, Toro Hernandez. Uh, he so the list I like to use is the most added players since the last week. So obviously, a guy like Lewis Brinson, who was on this list this morning, I don't know where the hell he went. Um, what am I doing wrong here? I know I'm missing something. What am I, I, ask Penelope? I'm sure she'll tell you. I mean, it's all. So I, I know I saw him earlier this morning, but he had like a ridiculous high, uh, ridiculously high, uh, recently increase. added. Yeah. Increase from last week to this week. And now he's gone, but I'm pretty sure he's 50% as well. But right now the number one guy on this list is Anthony Santon there from 47% last week to 64% this week. Obviously that's well above the 50% that I wanted to discuss. But that's uh, that's all this list is. is yeah, just, uh, he, he's also in the top 10 of the, the highest WRC plus in the month of August so far. Uh, the, yeah, two spots behind Schwindel. Uh, he's sandwiched right between Bryce Harper and uh, Starling Marte. So interesting little tidbit there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on on this list. Uh, Mitch Moreland was next, but it looks like he was just uh, DHing. Uh, this past weekend for whatever reason. So uh, do we really need to talk about Mitch Moreland? At this I point? like Mitch Moreland, but no. <laughs> okay, let's move on then. Uh, Austin Nola. Oh, th- bro, you're going to, you're going to see that this list is full of catchers and Austin Nola <laughs> is one of them. Uh, I was He's alive. To, I was surprised to see his name on the list. I know I picked him up in that, in that crazy Yahoo league that we're in uh, the 10 teamer, the, the daily head to head 10 teamer points league. Uh, he's from, he went up from 31% to 33% this week. And it looks like he keeps rising little by little shortly thereafter, but for the month of, I'm sorry, since July 30th, Austin Nola has, uh, hit the cover off the ball, shown a lot of patience. Although, you know, in terms of outside the strike zone, he doesn't swing it too much outside the zone. His overall swing percentage is still pretty high. So that means he must be very aggressive when he sees the ball go down the middle, but he still makes really good contact rate. Doesn't swing, uh, doesn't have a very high swinging strike percentage, uh, and has a 51.9% stat cast hard hit rate. But, you know, just like Nick Madrigal for a long time, did not put a barrel on that ball. Uh, what do you make of Austin Nola's resurgence on, the, on this list here? I'm trying to remember what kept him out all year. And uh, looking yeah. back at the game log, uh, he, yeah, he missed from May 24th to July 22nd, so two whole months. Uh, since then, he's been solid. Uh, it's still only a matter of, let's look, um, 48 total plate appearances since July 22nd. Uh, he has 16 hits. Four of them came in one game. So it, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. He has a 432 Babbitt, but he is making solid contact. He's not swinging and missing. Uh, the swing strike where, swinging strike rate over the last uh, couple weeks is like sub 5%. So uh, seems to be dialed in, uh, but he is a catcher, so no nah, man, you, you hold your breath. We're always looking for catchers. We're always looking for catchers around these parts, right? So there's one. Go pick him up right now. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of Austin Nola, so um, when he's healthy, obviously. Uh, Tyler Wade, that screams part-time. I wasn't going to put him on the list, but it's just because the Yankees are just injured everywhere. I feel like I have to, we have to talk about him. What do you think? Uh Tyler Wade used to excite me like three years ago, and now I think he's just depth on the Yankees that they need because they have a lot of injuries. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's playing shortstop, you know, so Gleyber Torres, I don't know when he's coming back, but so far Wade has shown a very good approach, uh, posting a, a walk per strikeout ratio of 0.63 uh, since July 30th. Um, what else? 
very patient outlook. I mean, very good approach. It comes with the, you know, very patient swing percentages that show up here. Decent amount of contact, especially outside the strike zone. Uh, very low, sub 10% swinging strike percentage. Uh, but, you know, he's a slappy hitter. The exit velocity is 85.2%. But, you know, he's getting, taking advantage of the playing time. And I, I think that's why he's been kind of rising on the list here. Uh, where is the ownership rate? There it is. No, that's not him. There it is. Yeah, he went from last week being owned in 1% of leagues to 11% this week. So, um, but uh, we can move on if you want to on a, uh, one of your favorite guys. You ready? Oh, goodness. Luis Arias. He's back hey, on this yeah, list. Yeah, there we go. That's when we thought we were done talking about him. He just keeps coming back. He just, I don't know, for some reason, he gets to that point where he's owned and misses the cut on our show. And then every other week, he just makes it back. So right now, he's owned in 30, 34% of leagues right now. Uh, and, you know, same old, same old Luis Arias. Very, very, very patient approach. Walks more than he strikes out. Um, is uh, putting solid contact at the ball right now. 91.8% contact rate since July 30th. Very patient, does not swing at bad pitches. But again, uh, the power and, and the, the hitting with authority is not there. But go ahead, tell people why they should consider loser rise at second base on their teams. Uh, he's awesome. And I mean, he is going to be the guy that bats 400 in the future. Uh, he's still only 24, even though if you look at his face, you could swear he's like 37. Uh, for his career, he has a 294 XBA, uh, 297 this year. He had a 310 expected batting average, uh, 100th percentile in whiff rate, 99th percentile in strikeout rate. He's basically a left-handed Nick Madrigal. So, you know, I am all in on that, but like you said, he is very selective. He doesn't chase. Uh, I mean, he, he's not like 99th percentile, like Juan Soto-esque. But he just grinds ABs. He's always fouling off pitches. And when you're a hitter like Arias and you are consistently fouling off pitchers' pitches, then just by matter of default, when they do come back over the middle, when you've made them throw three pitches out of the zone and then foul two that were close off, you're going to get a good pitch sooner or later. And he doesn't miss. He has one of the highest line drive percentages over the last two years in all of baseball. Um, which fuels that expected batting average, even though he doesn't hit the ball all that hard. Granted, exit velocity is a career high, 89.3 this year. So uh, interesting development, but I like him. I've always liked him. You might think he's too slappy, but I I think there's a legitimate skill set there. He could be a valuable piece that the Twins might trade. Uh, I think I, I think that would be an interesting trade piece for them because they have all these middle infielders. You know, they have Austin Martinell, they have... Uh, Royce Lewis, they have Nick Gordon, who's been playing a lot of center field for them. Luis Arise, with how many years of control he has left and his skill set, uh, I think he could be traded. Yeah, it sounds like that's the, I mean, you said it yourself. He looks like he's much older than he is. I mean, I don't need to look at his face. I can just see the plate approach and I can see. <laughs> but uh, no, there's something I always liked Luis Arias for some oddly reason. And I explained that uh, earlier this year throughout many, 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 many shows. And he does have potential and ability, at least this year, she's shown so far to hit the ball with a lot of authority. Um, but unfortunately for him, he misses the cut. There's always uh, another second baseman that I like just a little bit more on my team's every single time, but he's a good fallback guy, you know? And I believe he's the only player in major league baseball. That's played probably like 200, at least 200 games that has more walks than strikeouts. He has 74 walks to 72 strikeouts. So really not something you see every day. And if we go all the way back to our baseball life, Rockies and out of the park development, Luis Arias in Coors field was an absolute menace. 
Uh, he just kept getting hurt because I think he's actually 37. <laughs> he has the body of a 37-year-old. But, yeah, he he racked up so many hits, so many doubles. He was awesome. He's always going to be one of my favorites. Yeah, he has the plate up. He has the plate approach of a thirty-seven-year-old too. So, <laughs> uh, moving on to Seth Brown, who's uh, looks like he's on the heavy side of the platoon with Stephen Piscotty over there in Oakland. Um, uh, there's not a lot to like here, except other than the fact that he is on that heavy side of the platoon. But since July thirtieth, has struck out thirty point eight percent strikeout rate, uh, only a three oh eight on base percentage, so very mediocre numbers. She has shown great patience, especially on pitches outside the zone. He doesn't swing at too many bad pitches. Uh, and for that, I mean, that's part of the reason probably that, that he's been on fire is because he's seen a whopping 51% of pitches inside the strike zone. So he's making them pitch the pitches that he wants to see, but still a, a 308 on base percentage, it kind of leaves you wanting more. Um, anything else you want to add about Seth Brown there, Sean? I think we mentioned uh, this player who I'm about to compare him to earlier in the year. Uh, Taylor Ward, who is, you know, big top prospect for the Angels. And this year, you know, he's like a converted catcher and he's playing some outfield and he's bounced back and forth. But when I just look at Seth Brown's baseball savant page, I see a really good max exit velocity of 113.7. So there's raw power there. And I see a 90th percentile outs above average. So he's playing above average defense, which we've noticed that Oakland has really cornered the market on premier defense. They they view that as the market inefficiency in baseball now. Uh, and then you see a good sprint speed. You know, he, he just seems like a, a toolsy player who maybe hasn't figured it out yet. But in AAA this year and last year as well, or in 2019, he absolutely tore the cover off the ball. He had a 986 OPS in AAA 19. Granted, it was the PCL, uh, but he's, you know, 29 late bloomer, possibly. He just, he's susceptible to off speed and breaking pitches, but he really does hit the ball hard. So yeah. there is kind of, you know, this twinge of his defense kept, keeps him on the field until he kind of gets in a rhythm at the plate which is always a possibility. Yeah. Uh, by the way, question for you. Uh, do you like the Chewy Chips Ahoy or the original Chips Ahoy? Oh, that was out of left field. Um, <laughs> I guess the Chewy, I guess. Oh, gross. <laughs> gross. Uh, that's uh, one of our uh, questions that Vince is uh, asking over at Food Life. So I thought oh. it was pretty funny. <laughs> Just kind of showed up right now while I was, while I was uh, checking my phone right now. Um, what was I talking? Oh, yeah. Uh, Okay, so the next guy on the list, uh, he made it on this list for whatever reason. But Brett Phillips, I don't know if I want to talk about him, but he's a... He has three grand slams this year. So that's 12 RBIs right there. You know, I, <laughs> If you happen to have Brett Phillips in your lineup every time he's hit a grand slam, uh, tell me what the lottery numbers are for next week. Yeah, pretty much. But Brett Phillips on the heavy side of a... Well, I don't even know if you can call it a heavy side of the platoon, but he has been playing three out of the last six games in right field, batting near the bottom of the order for the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, in the meantime, since July 30th, he has uh, only 19 plate appearances, <laughs> but he's made the most of it. You know, three home runs, 10 RBI, like you mentioned, uh, horrible on-base percentage. But the big whopper is that he's hit uh, a 60% hard hit rate uh, in terms of stat cast numbers. There's nothing else to really like unless you really like this Brett Phillips kid character whatever he, he's basically kevin kiermeyer with power and i mean he he plays the the defense kiermeyer does he has the speed kiermeyer does has the arm kiermeyer does um just the bat is you know very wishy-washy 
but he has, I think, more raw power. And he he's fun. He's a fun guy. Fun guy he, he's the one that has that really crazy laugh. I'm sure you've seen the clips of him. He, he laughs like a, a damn dinosaur. I don't know what dinosaurs sound like when they laugh. Did, but did you say that he's a mushroom? Yeah, he's a fun guy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, Brett Phillips does show up. He went from two percent to three percent this week. Uh, so did uh, Kevin Kiermaier going from eight percent to nine percent. And we could talk about him right now Ooh. if I can find him. Uh, he actually, uh, the month of August has been pretty kind to him since July 30th. He's uh, shown a very good approach at 0.71 uh, walk to strikeout ratio. Uh, on my list that I have here, I have ranked 38 players in terms of WOBA, the weighted on base average uh, figure. And he's ranked number 12 on this list. So he's doing something right. Uh, a little bit on the aggressive side, however, I, and pitchers are not. They don't have an incentive to throw anything inside the strike zone, but he makes a decent enough contact to make it count. Does have a pretty high swinging strike percentage of 12.8 since July 30th and doesn't really hit the ball with much authority. So that, that, I think you mentioned it, right? That this is the opposite end of what Brett Phillips can bring you. But uh, Kevin Kiermaier just came back from injury, has been playing every single day, almost every single day, sorry, in center field, also batting near the bottom of the order. Do you like Kevin Kiermaier the rest of the season now? Oh, uh, No. Okay, let's move on. I granted he has a very glitchy swing in MLB the show. And so whenever they put out a diamond card of him, I always use it because he's just like his stats could be really garbage and he just has this swing. It's like Charlie Blackman in that game. It just ding ding ding. Everything's a base up. All right, let's move on to our guy who we talked about at the beginning of the show. Uh, wait, did you record when we started singing? Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Connor Joe? I'm not sure if I we had recorded. I don't think we had. But Connor Joe, yes, tell us. Leading, well, first of all, there's a lot to like here. Uh, leading off, just like Rafael Ortega, leading off every single game for the last one, two, three, four, six games for the Rockies in left field. Uh, he is 29 years old. Former first-round pick, 39th pick overall for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So there is a little bit of pedigree, but, you know, he does bring a lot of uh, to the table. A very good plate approach uh, in terms of the walk per strikeout ratio at point at 0.67. Uh, let's see what else. Very patient approach. You know, we like those guys who are very patient. 8.6 swinging strike rate. So, you know, he doesn't like to swing at pitches that he doesn't like. And the best part about him is, Probably that you can call the course field effect, whatever it is, but the exit velocity of 90.4 uh, miles an hour to go along with a 40.9 stack cast hard hit rate. Sean, why should we go out and pick up Joe uh, Connor Joe right now? Because he was, like you said, he had the pedigree. He showed it throughout the minors, but it was never anything crazy. And his best minor league years were when he got to AAA and into the PCL playing in the Dodgers system and with the Rockies. Uh, and it's everyone always looks at, you know, uh, a player before they get to the PCL, uh, they have very low power numbers and then they get to the PCL and they have big power numbers. And the, people are skeptical of accepting it as, you know, hey, he's actually really good. But, I mean, we've seen – uh, both from 2019 to 2021 with Connor Joe, that AAA just, they can't hold him in. And he has a great approach, 109 walks in a, nearly 180 games in AAA, only 134 strikeouts. So like you said, great approach, uh, really good line drive hitter. That's what's really helping him this year. He has a line drive percent over 30%. And uh, when you look at the similar batters to Connor Joe based on batted ball profile, you get some really, really interesting names. Freddie Freeman, Anthony Santander, 
AJ Pollock, who's having just an insane year, uh, Paul Goldschmidt and Brian Reynolds. Those are all great hitters in 2021. And Connor Joe is posting very similar batted ball data to them. So yeah, I, I really like this interesting find. Like you said, he's 29 years old, late bloomer debuted in 2019, but has just, you know, slogged it through several minor league systems and um, he beat cancer. So yeah, everything he does after this point is just cash. I mean, it's uh, happy to see a success story like this. Everything does after is just Kevin Cash. Oh, no. Is Kevin, Kevin Cash going to take him out in the sixth inning? Probably, and then everybody's <laughs> going to blow their gasket. Um, a programming note, uh, the step back over at the Basketball Life uh, basketball uh, Facebook group, sorry, will be appearing right after us, Sean. I did not know that, but I just got the hey, message. We're, just, we're the appetizer. Yeah, we're just the appetizer, or I don't know, if, uh, according to the private chat, uh, we're the money shot, or... <laughs> Whoa! Or, or they're going to... <laughs> Whoa! Pro- <laughs> or they're gonna be providing the money shot. I don't know. Uh, we're gotta keep it PG. Come on now. Yeah, uh, I mean, if it's money, if it's like legit money, I'm all for it. But if it's the other kind of money shot, then <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and skip that. Uh, Jake Myers, uh, only 19 plate appearances on July 30th. Really awful. Um, excuse me, 47.4 percent strikeout rate. Awful on base percentage. Uh, but he's showing up on this list for whatever reason. Uh, okay, I-, I can actually tell you why he's showing up there because uh-huh. I added him shortly in my 30 team, but I've since dropped him. Uh, <laughs> he is a guy who was called up, you know, the Astros, they trade miles straw and they're like, okay, we don't have a center fielder. So it's Chaz McCormick season and Chaz McCormick's a nice player. If you actually go to any of the fantasy websites and look at his like uh, portrait shot, it's him in a suit and tie. It's like a college picture. So it's unlike any other MLB portrait you've ever seen. Um, But a guy uh, that was doing really well in AAA, Jake Meyer, in 68 games, he had 16 home runs, uh, 10 stolen bases, was betting 343 with 600 slugging. I mean, absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. Um, After several subpar years in the low to mid minors, uh, they figure they're going to give him a shot. They call him up to be like the fifth outfielder. Kyle Tucker goes on the COVID IL. And next thing you know, Jake Meyer starting in right field. And the skill set is interesting because we saw how well he did in AAA this year. Uh, So he had two grand or he had two home runs uh, the other night, including a grand slam. Right now he's striking out for almost 48% of the time. So obviously some adjustment issues, uh, but both of his home runs were pretty encouraging to see, especially out of a young player. They went to right center field in L.A. One of them actually cleared that tall wall they have in right center. The other just bounced above the yellow line on the scoreboard. Um, so interesting profile. I'd keep an eye on him, but I'm not, you know, jumping to go get him. Yeah, I, so I, I don't want to frame it this way, but just from my from the mindset of the show, it just seems like they got rid of Miles Straw just so they can play Jake Myers more often. Is that the right no, assessment? No, no. I don't know why they traded Miles Straw. That that one came so out of left. They got Phil Maton, which it's like when I see Houston target this middling random middle reliever in a team, I'm just expecting them to be like the best reliever in baseball the next year. And so I'm not sure if like Phil Maton is Ryan Presley 2.0. I don't even know how he's done as an Astro, but uh, I thought that trade was very weird. I don't think it was meant specifically to get Jake Meyer playing time, but it was also 
like I said, I I don't get it. Well, remember he he, he uh, got he came from Cleveland, so that's one of the uh, the four or five organizations. Okay, actually, actually, this makes sense now. I look at Phil Maton's uh, baseball savant page, ninety seventh percentile in whiff, ninety uh, second percentile in fastball spin rate, and ninety fifth percentile in curveball spin rate. So yeah, that's Houston like picking out a guy and saying, "I want you." <laughs> Well, he's still a work in progress. You ask, I don't know how he's been doing in Houston since he got traded. Well, here it is in six games. Uh, his strikeout, uh, his K, uh, K per nine, his strikeout per nine innings actually went down. Hey, he's got six and five innings. Uh, I'm just telling you, from he it went down from 13.28 to 9.53. Uh, the walk rate went down, so the control is there finally. It's two walks and five innings. <laughs> just saying, from 4.35 to 3.18. Uh, FIP is way up there. ERA is way up there. XFIP is way up there. So it's a work in progress for a team that's trying to buy for another playoff uh, position here. Uh, how's the Sierra? You know how I like my my trucks. Yeah, I, I don't have him pulled up, but I can. I got it. it. Uh, oh, four, go. I got it. Four point five five. So yeah, work in progress. If he is going to utilize the the toolsy portions of those stack cast numbers are, are able to indicate. So we'll see. A uh, lot of uh, Astros connection. Let's just go and just do that instead. Uh, so we talked about uh, Miles Straw. So let's start with Miles Straw, who's ranked number 19 on this list at a 363. Woba since July 30th has gotten the 70 plate appearances. So yeah, uh, Cleveland is taking full advantage of, the, of their new toy there. Very good approach, uh, considering that you know, I know the the walk per strikeout ratio since July 30th isn't that high, but you know, he's walking more than 10% of the time as well. So that's always a plus uh, can get on base. And when he gets on base, as you know, Sean, he's a threat to steal bases. He already has three under his belt since getting traded to Cleveland. Very, very patient approach. 26.9% outside the strike, outside the strike zone swinging percentage, uh, 4.8 swinging strike percentage makes loads of contact. Uh, but he does not hit the ball with much authority, but I like him. You like him. I, I mean, his defense, he's a superb outfielder with superb speed. Uh, he's shown that great approach all throughout the minors. I'm pretty sure we've talked about him ad nauseum about how good his approach was in the minors, you know, with his 268 uh, walks to 357 strikeouts. I mean, 268 walks is a lot of walks. And he had a 394 on baseball in the minors. And when you pair on base skill with speed, you get success. And yeah. I, I really like Miles Straw. That, that trade that Houston made was really head scratching. Uh, I guess they felt like they needed more relief pitching, which when you get to the postseason, um, relief pitching seems to be the thing that gets you more than a center fielder. Yeah. And um, Cleveland's trying to also uh, come up with a, like, trying to figure out how they can come up with the fastest. Uh, outfield ever i think we talked about this that they purposely are giving away all their good hitters and are opting for speed and defense and fielding yeah i I mean you're you're looking at lineups now that are miles straw ahmed rosario jose ramirez uh oscar mercado uh andres jimenez has finally been called up and is playing uh some infield for them after cesar hernandez was traded Hey, but uh, hey, don't don't bury the lead here. The most important guy that you didn't mention was Bradley Zimmer, the fastest guy. Oh uh, no! According to Statcast, last three or four seasons, it seems like except he can't stay healthy. Well, he's finally healthy now, and he's been playing almost every day on the 
on the heavy side of the platoon with, uh, I don't know, maybe Ernie Clement, I guess. No, I don't know. At any rate, Brad Zimmer is playing almost uh, every day in right field. Um, so, yeah, that's a pretty speedy outfield. And if you want to include Amir Rosario playing in the outfield as well, you can. So we'll see. I, I think it's mainly been Rosario at short, Jimenez at second, mm-hmm. and then yeah. Mercado uh, left. Yeah, Mercado, Straw, and Zimmer, Zimmer in right yep. field. Yep. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, and again, Rosario can play outfield. I think that was a plan from the uh, from the very start until yeah. things happened. But <laughs> until yeah. things happened, that, yeah. that that could be the the whole name for the Cleveland Indian season. Things happened. Name change happened. Uh, you know, not trying happened. Francisco a, Lindor was traded. <laughs> no, that that happened in the offseason. But yeah, uh, but the, basically, if, if we are to uh, p- have a poster child as to what this season of season two of the uh, Total Basis Podcast is about, Miles Straw would definitely be a part of it. So along with Nick Magical and uh, Slappy and Speed. <laughs> yeah, Slappy and Speedy. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we move on to another Houston Astros player, Chaz McCormick. Uh, been playing almost every day, actually every day in the last six games, somewhere in the outfield. 26-year-old, uh, where is he? I just saw him on my big list here, and I lost him. So, hey, you know what I got to do, Sean? It's a simple solution. It's a control find, control F for Felipe. There you go. Chask McCormick uh, striking out at a strikeout rate of 32.7%. Doesn't walk much. Very, very extreme uh, aggressive hitter. Swinging strike percentage of 14.8. But the thing that to like about him is that he has posted a 92.5 exit velocity along with a hard hit rate of 48.4% and a barrel rate of 16.1%. And that's all as of July 30th. So, uh, yeah, we understand what's going on here, but can he put things together and be more consistent, Chas McCormick? Uh, possibly. I mean, it's one of those – he was never a very enticing prospect to begin with. Um, like I said, I, I if I'm Houston, I would have stuck with Straw, but I guess they really like uh, Jake Myers or Chas McCormick or a combination of the two, you know? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you know what? We talked about him. It, it, the connections are all there. Like, you know, it's like I told the guys in the basketball pockets, which, as we mentioned, they're coming up after us right now. Uh, Jacob and Leon over at the step back. I, I told Jacob the other week on one of our many, many shows that I did with them, uh, with him actually last week or a couple of weeks ago. The dots are there, Sean. We, it's our job just to connect them. Our job is just to connect those dots. And here it is. I'm Rosario, part of those dots. Uh, 70 plate appearances since July 30th uh, has already put up three, uh, three stolen bases. But uh, the, the approach is a lot to desire. Only a 0.29 walk per strikeout ratio. But he is posting some really good slash line. 359 average, 386 on base, 578 slugging percentage. So what's causing all that? Uh, well, he's still a very aggressive hitter, uh, swinging at 51.1% of pitches that he sees. Uh, makes enough contact to be relevant. Uh, the swinging strike rate is above 10%, however. So that's a thing to worry about. But here's what we like about him coming from the shortstop position is that he's posting a 42.3% hard hit rate, according to StatCast as of July 30th. You're a Mets fan. He's a former Mets prospect. Is uh, Ahmed Rosario, does he still have a chance to meet that potential that we all loved when he was in New York? Uh, he's he's never going to be what, you know, Baseball America, Baseball Prospectus, MLB thought he was going to be in terms of yeah. – because the issue with him was he always had the bat speed and he had the contact ability. Uh, and it was if he grows into power, if he grows into power, if he grows into power. 
And here he is. He's what, 25, 26 years old now. Right. The, the power is just not coming. And it's so frustrating because at times, Ahmed Rosario just looked like a one of the most natural hitters from the right side of just kind of throwing your hands at it. And at other times, he looked like Javi Baez. Um, and when you look at his progression through the minors, you would see high contact rates, high swinging rates, or high swing rates. And he just had the ability to get hits on these minor league pitchers because he had quick hands. He had a long bat. I mean, for how bits, you know, not really strong he is. I, I believe he had like a 32, 34 inch bat. It was a little insane. <laughs> and uh, he just seemed to get to everything. And when he got to the majors, you know, they pounded him inside and he couldn't turn on it. And it, it just never worked out. I, I wish the best for him. He can go on these tears. MLB Network had the players with the most four hit games this year. And it's uh, Tatis Rosario. Um, and then there were two others. Maybe like Rafael Devers was one. And so, like, he can just go on these tears where he gets real hot. Uh, but even in his best year, 2019, uh, that second half that everyone was like, oh, my God, he's legit. Um, it was a high Babbitt, high ground ball rate, uh, drop in hard contact rate, which weren't things that you wanted to see in an alleged breakout. So, at this point, I think he is what he is. He's a very, like, poor man's Tim Anderson who just doesn't hit the ball hard. Ooh, but his, de- his defense is kind of better. Yeah, I mean, let's see, where was I? I'm at Rosario. He's at, uh, yeah, 0.9 uh, defensive runs above replacement uh, uh, since July 30th. So uh, if it's positive, it's good. So uh, Kevin Newman, speaking of positive, he's at 1.0 defensive runs above replacement. Uh, that's the uh, cal- that's the defensive calculation that they use for their for the Fangraphs WAR the wins above replacement fi- uh, figure there. Kevin Newman went from four percent to five percent. I picked them up in the Baseball Life League. Why? I'm going to tell you why. Uh, you know he doesn't strike out a lot. He doesn't walk a lot either. But that means that he just makes a lot of contact, which he does. A contact rate overall of eighty eight point five percent outside the strike zone. Contact rate is sixty nine percent. Nice, <laughs> very patient approach. Um, but you know, Kevin Newman does leave a lot to be desired, uh, 84.2 exit velocity as of July 30th, 30.2 hard hit rate. But if you're just looking for a solid guy who can make contact and is not going to hurt your batting average and in a league like ours, right, Sean, we account for singles. And- I mean, he is batting 228. <laughs> um, well, as of July, th- this is oh, the as, of, oh as of July. Up. Okay. Okay. Yeah, July 30th. That's the reason why he's been going from, you know, a, a, it's a small jump, right? From 4% yeah. to 5%. And the reason why I picked him up in the baseball, I think, is, you know, we'll see if he, if the hot bat continues on from here on out. Yeah. When the Mets were playing Pittsburgh uh, towards the end of July, I, I want to say I remember them hearing in the bro- or saying in the broadcast that he had one of the highest balls in play uh, percentages in all of baseball. When you look at it, uh, he has the one of the lowest strikeout rates in all of baseball at seven point six percent. That just seems fake in today's game. Uh, he has a ninety ninth percentile in whiff rate. Uh, he just swings and hits everything, and sometimes that's not good because he makes contact and it's just a weak ground ball. Um, but you know, I'd much rather a player have that innate skill of making contact and putting the bat on the ball than have someone with eighty grade power. And they are lucky if they hit the ball. And I'm looking at you, Stephen Moya, of the 2014 Detroit Tigers top prospects, wannabe Aaron Judge, and then went <laughs> to Japan and was like somehow worse. Uh, that, it, it really blew my mind. You went from struggling in AAA and you were just even worse in Japan. But neither here nor there. Random Stephen Moya tidbit. 
Uh, we go from the current Pirates player to a former Pirates player in Elias Diaz. And Elias Diaz, I, I told you catchers were going to show up a lot in this one, more than what we're used to. Elias Diaz has uh, posted a really good uh, uh, walk per strikeout ratio, as, especially for him. Uh, most importantly, has four home runs since July 30th. Uh, the batting average uh, is at 280. The on base is at 326. But that's not the reason why he's up on this list. He's a catcher. Catchers, as we know, there are uh, there are desert when it comes to the waiver wire, and he looks like he's swinging a hot bat for the moment. Um, is he? I mean, he plays for Colorado, uh, Sean. Is he worth uh, keeping around for the rest of the season for these teams? I mean, maybe if you're in a two catcher league and you're just really struggling. Uh, I just, at best, he's, you know, a Rockies catcher who maybe runs into slightly more home runs than the next guy. It's just, it's hard to really be like, yep, Elias Diaz, you go go get him. I, I can't get excited for Elias Diaz. Yeah, and he is a, a little bit of a timeshare, although he looks like he's the one that's dominating. dominating is it, is, is it still time. him and Tony Walters? No. Oh, God, no. Uh, no. Right now, according to roster resource, as of the last six games, it's been him and Dominic Nunez. Uh, Dom Nunez. It's the other Tony Walters left-handed. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, moving on to, okay, now we're getting very obscure. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this guy because now the Rangers uh, traded away all their decent <gasps> players, I guess. Oh, I think I know who you're going to talk about. Yeah, oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, okay. Well, Go. I, I think I, I know I, who you're going to say. Well, I hope I don't disappoint you, but the next guy on this list is some guy named Yoel Pozo. <sighs> no, wrong one. The, you're supposed to pick the other the other Ranger with the Y name. Yoel Pozo, I mean, it's like a, a grade 80 grade name, but a uh, big power hitter, uh, kind of that's it. Uh, he's supposed to be a catcher. He, he's, he is the great value brand, Yermi and Mercedes. Maybe I guess I'll, I'll put it like that uh-huh. with without Mercedes as you know, uh, hit tool. <laughs> oh but, man! Now the other Ranger that people need to be going getting getting is Yanni Hernandez, who through his first like ten or so games is batting two ninety, already has three stolen bases, uh, high line drive guy, switch hitter. Oh, he is a lot, a lot of fun. But yeah, Pozo is basically just your mean Mercedes. He doesn't walk. He doesn't strike out. Uh, so maybe his his hit tool is better than I'm giving credit for. Fangraphs has it a 50 out of a 55. Um, yeah, your mean Mercedes is Yohel Pozo. Hey, you know, if he's catcher eligible, I think he's catcher eligible. Uh, and he's only playing DH. I mean, yeah, that's those are the types of uh, catchers you want on those uh, on your fantasy teams, right? Uh, the catcher who qualifies who doesn't really play catcher, he's going to be fresh. He's going to be able to just concentrate on hitting. Dalton Varsho. Have you seen Dalton Varsho's uh, reemergence to all the uh, people that patiently waited? He's doing awesome. He had a walk-off home run the other day. You know, the people who patiently waited, people like me who patiently waited all oh, season long. Did, did, did you patiently wait? Or did you actually I, keep him or did you drop him? No, I, I never dropped him once. Oh, okay. He, Congratulations. I, yeah, yeah. Pat yourself waiting. on the back. Yeah, Gary Sanchez, Sean Murphy, and Dalton Varsho is saving my. There's a reason why I'm in first place, Sean. Come on. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's going back to your Pozo, which uh, I guess that's the 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 anglicized version of this name would be Joel 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 Well Pozo. I guess means well in Spanish, like water well. So Joel Water Well. Um, so far, yeah, the big thing about him is that he's uh, shown a lot of power at the moment since uh, he's been called up or has been getting playing time. I mean, he has one home run. <laughs> 
Well, ninety-one point eight exit velocity is pretty high. On, yeah, on that, this that list. Is, yeah, that's good. Like I said, he's a lot like your mean yeah. Mercedes. I think if pitchers, you know, when a guy first gets thrown, they they'll pound him in the zone and make see if you can hit major league stuff. I think he has that ability. Uh, his issue is going to be when they start pitching him out of the zone, which is what your mean Mercedes was unable to figure out. Yeah, and uh, that's he's already facing a little bit of that. He's like you said, your mean Mercedes. Uh, his swing percentage is seventy percent. <laughs> So basically him, Salvador Perez, and your mean Mercedes need to have a party together, and they're just going to swing and miss at all the ladies. <laughs> uh, moving on to Yoni Hernandez. We can talk about him right now. He's been playing almost every day, uh, switch hitting uh, middle infielder, also can play third base. So second base and third base is his uh, main um, positions. Uh, so he is lower on the list because he has not been uh, playing up to speed, up to par. But he's been getting enough playing time. He's walking more than he's striking out as of July 30th. Which he's is – oh, sorry. Go ahead. He did that his entire minor league career. Over 460 games, 290 walks versus 260 strikeouts, which gives him a 394 on base percentage in the minors, 266 average. Uh, he is a switch hitter who uh, is much better, I believe, from the right side. Um, but he, he walks against both pretty well. Uh, he's not going to hit for any sort of power. He has four career home runs in the minor leagues. He is the king of the soft line drive. Uh, if you look at his spray chart on baseball savant already, it is literally just base hits that are in front of the outfielders. I mean, he's just, it's amazing what he does. Uh, 353 expected batting average over his first, uh, nine games. So, uh, Super interesting, has good speed. Well, not really good speed. Uh, right now, his uh, average sprint speed is only 27 feet per second, which isn't very high, but he has a history of stolen bases in the minors. He's already three for three. And in the minors, he stole 154 bags, but was caught 65 times. Ooh. So percentage-wise, not good. What is good is he plays for the Rangers. Rangers have one of the highest stolen base totals in all of baseball. They're a bad team. Bad teams run more. Yep. I, I like Yanni Hernandez. I picked him up in my 30-team league. Uh, he's the guy that I dropped Jake Meyer for. Uh, actually, not Jake Meyer, Jack Mayfield, uh, the Angels guy. But uh, Yanni Hernandez, lots of fun, and also a really good name, Yanni. Yanni, well, he's a Greek singer. Yeah, I, uh. <laughs> It's like the Greek version of Bono, Yanni. Yanni, uh, three stolen bases already since July 30th. Really ridiculous high contact since uh, that time span, July 30th. Uh, his outside the strike zone contact rate, Sean, is 94.4%. So moving back up on the list after Yoel Pozo is number 18th ranked. Aledmas Diaz, who we failed to mention in our Houston Astros uh, uh, overview a little bit. But Aledmas Diaz, a veteran uh, middle infielder. Um, playing regularly because of Alex Breckman's injury. Uh, and has, you, uh, Yuli Gurriel, I believe, is hurt as well. Yeah, and uh, you actually saw Yuli Gurriel on this list. Uh, I wonder if he's coming back. Soon. Oh, he, he he just got activated this weekend. Okay, there you ah, go. Okay, okay, so that, that explains it. But yeah, I love him as he has always, was always a guy who was patient and makes a lot of contact. So as of July 30th, uh, you know, the walk rate isn't there, but that's okay because he makes lots of contact, right? Sure enough. 79.8% contact rate overall. It's not the greatest, but it's not bad, especially for a guy like Diaz. Uh, but he has been swinging the bat a lot more aggressively as of July 30th. Swing percentage of 50.4%. So that's uh, that's that's pretty that's higher than I remember there, Sean. 
Uh, but the best part about him is that he only has a swing percentage of 9.6%, swinging strike percentage of 9.6%, okay. sorry. Uh, but other than that, he doesn't make a lot of uh, authoritary, uh, authoritative uh, contact, only an 85.6% exit velocity. So with all that being said, what do you make of Aletmus Diaz? He, he's always been a solid, you know, role player. I go back to his days in St. Louis when he was, you know, the all-star shortstop in his first year. And he really never has fully recaptured that form. But I still think he is a valuable player uh, just based on he plays a lot of positions. And when you're on a team like Houston with a great lineup and somebody goes down with injury, I mean, he's already played uh, 19 games at third base, 10 at first, nine in left field, eight at second, three at short. He's playing all over the place. And when you have that kind of versatility, you're going to get into games. And especially if there are one or two injuries, then you're going to start playing every day. And then next thing you know, you're looking at a guy who can bat 270 plus in a good lineup. You're going to start seeing some runs and RBIs there. And that's what we've seen with uh, Alumnus Diaz this year. All right. Uh, the tw- Okay, so I, I guess we got halfway through this list of 38 players that I have up on the Fangrass machine. It is the top of the hour. Uh, did you want to do the remaining 18 lightning round style, or did you just want me to give you a, a couple of names that sound interesting on this list? It's up to you what you want to do here. You give me a couple, and I'll say yay or nay. Okay, Pedro Severino, catcher for the Baltimore Orioles. Okay, no. That's a, that's a no. Miguel Rojas, 32-year-old infielder from the Miami Marlins. Uh, I'm all in on Miggy Rowe. Uh, fun fact, I read it was on somebody's tweet, so I'm sorry I can't credit you. Uh, since the beginning of – or since the end of 2019 – he has a higher war than Francisco Lindor, Dansby Swanson, and like four other all-star <laughs> all-star level shortstops. So Miggy Rose awesome, gets slept on a lot. There's a reason he's the unspoken captain of that Marlins team. Yeah. Uh, currently, uh, top of the order is what he, where he resides for the Miami Marlins. Uh, oh, geez. Colin Moran is, always makes these lists. Uh, yay or nay? Remember when we were excited about Colin Moran after he had five home runs in the first and... week in 2020? Every single year we get excited. In April and May, we get excited about Colin Moran, Moran and then he just disappears. Well, it's like when Colin actually. Moran is good, he looks like Corey Seager to me. Yeah. Like with that left-handed swing and he hits. Wait, the... are you sure it's not Kyle Seager instead of Corey Seager? No, I think he looks more like Corey. He, Kyle's always been a little bit more squatted. I feel like mm-hmm. Moran and, and Corey are both pretty stand-up in the box. I gotcha. But uh, kind of levery swings. But yeah, Colin Moran's just, oh, well. Uh, whatever. At, at least th- they might have missed the Colin Moran deal, but kudos to the Pirates for absolutely nailing the uh, McCutcheon for uh, Brian Reynolds deal. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. So some, uh, you know, it's not all, all it's not all bleak out there in Pittsburgh. They got some interesting pieces in their farm system. We'll see what happens in the future. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. We are due for a prospect show, so we'll see. Uh, let's see. Corey Dickerson, platoon player from the Toronto Blue Jay. What do you think? Finally hit his first home run of the year. Uh, congratulations, Toronto. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I, the, that was the Corey Dickerson from Miami to Toronto, but the real player on that trade has been the submariner, Adam Simber. Uh, who's starting to eat a lot of innings in that Toronto bullpen, uh, which has been their biggest you know, downfall this year. Right. And it's even extended to Brad Hand, who came in and walked Jared Klenick on four straight pitches for a walk-off walk. So, <laughs> Next guy, Miguel Sano, po- big power-hitting first baseman for the Minnesota Twins. Yes or no? He's still a thing. Yeah. Uh, where is the t- he? At? The Twins are still a thing. <laughs> well, they still got games on the schedule, so yes. <laughs> 
Miguel said no, going from 52% last week to 54% this week. So, yeah, I cheated there. Uh, so, well, how's he doing? 214, Meh. 304, 444 on the year. He's been doing a lot better. 365 on base percentage since uh, July 30th. Very patient approach, too, by the way. I'm just saying. There uh, might be, this might be the start of something here, Sean. We're, we're, we might be sleeping on him. Well, Miguel Sano in the baseball life out of the park simulation, Miguel Sano ended up going to the Phillies. And like in the third or fourth year in, uh, in the same year, he set a new single season home run record and also set the single season strikeout record in the same year. So <laughs> oh, I remember you saying that. Yeah, yeah but that. he had like the stupidest year. But um, maybe Miguel Sano is he's 20 years old. Maybe he has a, a 50 home run season in him. I believe in it. I believe in it. Just has to be like Pedro Serrano, man. Just has to make contact with that curveball. Uh, Jonathan VR, your favorite player of all time with the Met. Yay or nay? He's had a good week. I'll give him like, 10 days. I'll give him I mean, that. You, you know I hate praising Jonathan VR. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I loathe Jonathan VR. What was it? I think it was in 2019 where I, I, I basically drafted him as a very late round pick thinking so i realized you know what this is peak jonathan vr it's all downhill from here and so far it's been but like you said since july 30th uh, he's been posting decent numbers uh very uh, he's o- he's always been an aggressive hitter and he's still aggressive now um but he's limiting strikeouts he's limiting uh well as best as he can right but the swinging strike percentage is low the contact rates way up but uh other than that there's really nothing much to brag about uh jorge mateo i shoot let's see where was he mateo oh the orioles when did that happen yeah, he got DFA'd in San Diego. They picked him up because um, Baltimore has nothing to lose. Oh, so. that Jorge Mateo. Yeah, yeah the, the 60 stolen bases in low A that had Yankee fans going crazy thinking they had Ricky Henderson. Oh, wow. Okay, well, uh, he's on the bench, but he's been playing almost every day. Yeah, I, I saw someone on Orioles Twitter, which I didn't know was really a thing. And you know your season is really down the chute uh, when you ha- put out a tweet complaining that uh, Jorge Mateo is playing more than Ramon Urias. Um, <laughs> I, I, I guess that's the things you argue over when you have one of the worst teams in baseball. Well, uh, he's been, uh, he went from 4% to 6% uh, ownership rate over that, at CBS Sports. Go it, ahead. That's just a speculative stolen base ad to me. Like, yeah. you're hoping he plays every day. And every and literally every time he gets on base, he's going to run, which isn't going to be often. But if he gives you something like eight to 12 steals rest of season, that's probably a win. Yeah, so far, three stolen bases as of July 30th. Not much else to brag about uh, about him. So there you go. Uh, Brian De La Cruz also showed up on the list. Um, is he someone we should talk about? He was the prospect the Marlins got back in the deal from the Astros. I can't remember who they even sent over to the Astros. Um, relief pitcher, Yimmy Garcia, uh, uh, guy who we lose some saves on switching teams. Uh, De La Cruz was kind of like Jake Meyer having an awesome year in AAA Round Rock. Or actually, they're not Round Rock anymore. They are the the former independent team, Sugarland Skeeters. Um, uh, yeah, he was having a great year. He kind of reminds me of like Starling Marte, which is funny because <laughs> they, they trade for him, they trade Marte, and then they trade for this guy who, who really looks like a younger Starling Marte with probably a little less contact ability, but has shown off all five tools, speed, good arm, good defense, except he's in right field. Marte made his debut in left. Uh, as a young Pittsburgh Pirate many moons ago. Uh, but interesting player. I'm not really sure the staying power of Brian De La Cruz, but, you know, speed and he plays on a bad team, so chances are he might give you some power speed. Yeah, he has all the tools. Screwdriver, hammer, 
tape measure. Well, that's the funny thing in the Mets broadcast. Whenever they describe a player when they're doing the uh, defense, you know, the defense for each team, uh, and they'll call him a five-tool player, and they actually have like the little uh, the mascot tools that they have running around the track at one of the ballparks. Yeah. They have them like doing a dance across the screen from S and Y. It's really funny. You know, the sad part is that I I, I reach my limit as to the you know the tool names in my head that I could come up with at the moment. <laughs> I am like, you see, if my wife ever sends me to like Home Depot or to Lowe's, I'm like, no, you, maybe you should come with me. I'll drive you to Home Depot and then you can go in and get whatever you want. I will do that for you. I will use my car so you can put your dirty tools in my car. And what kind of guy is this? I, I tell you what. Okay, so Brian De La Cruz batting uh, eighth regularly now as of uh uh this past week we move on to jorge alfaro who marlon's left fielder <laughs> yeah that's still crazy although he has been catching the last couple of games um so so things are coming back to normal oh yeah because alex jackson got acquired so he's been also playing we mentioned him uh either last week or two weeks ago but jorge alfaro uh i don't know yay or nay i'm not uh he's know. actually having a better year or actually that's not the person I had pulled up, but <laughs> there was somebody who uh, compared uh, Jorge Alfaro to Christian Yelich this year. And the numbers were near identical, obviously not on base percentage, but in terms of batting average and home runs and like runs scored, it was like all the same. I want to pull it up. Uh, it's, it's Jorge Alfaro. Come on. Yeah, I, I know, but it's, it's, it's Jorge Alfaro. Oh, well, here's something. Uh, reason to pick up Jorge Alfaro. He has oh, three th- stolen bases. Three stolen yeah, th- bases. This, is, this is what it was. Uh, it was posted on August 15th in 250 at-bats. Uh, Christian Yelich is batting 236 with seven stolen bases, and Jorge Alfaro in 224 at-bats is batting 237 with seven stolen bases. So so. That means Jorge Alfaro is also more better than Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich, yeah. <laughs> But uh, I, you know, I've been I've been poo-pooing on Jorge Alfaro all year long, all offseason long. But yeah, three stolen bases from a catcher, you'll take that. What you won't take is the forty percent. And this is a, a, again as of July thirtieth. But the thing you won't take from him is the forty percent strikeout rate. So no, I will pass on that. Didi Gregorius also making the list here. Um, yay or nay? No, I mean he. I think I've I've always been the low person on Didi. Even when he was going to Philly, I'm like, okay, he, he's gonna bat 250 and hit some home runs yeah i think we've seen the best of him uh, this was not the year to pick up or draft uh dd gregorius uh another uh phillies infielder ronald torres former mets another i'm sorry former yankee uh thoughts on him really quick yes or no uh vince liked him yeah vince, vince liked him or vince hated him i'm always confused that vince hates guys that swing and miss and then he hates guys that make too much contact it's very confusing I don't get it. Uh, but anyway, Travis Darno, I told you this list is going to be full of catchers. He is back, but he's off to a slow start. But uh, what do you think about him? Uh, it's going to be interesting. Thumbs are very known for really sapping power. And if Travis Darno isn't hitting power, I think I'm, you're a little worried there uh, because he really is. He's a more of not like a prodigious home run hitter. When he's on, he's hitting line dri- high line drives all over the field. Um, I sound like Keith Hernandez when I say that. Oh, he doesn't need to pull the ball in the air to hit home runs. He just hits it line to line, gap to gap. But I, I feel like that is the hitter that Travis Darno is. And when he's at, that's what he's doing when he's at his best. Uh, he missed a lot of time, and he's a catcher. Um, it might just be a little too late for him to really get into a rhythm and 
help you out uh, in terms of fantasy. And get to gap. It sounds like uh, most people on the weekends at the mall. <laughs> Malls are still a thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I live in uh, one of the biggest malls in America here, right? So show some respect. Um, where was I? Yan Gomes, uh, he's actually taking away playing time from Sean Murphy, but he hasn't done much of anything uh, and since being acquired by the Oakland Athletics. He's 33 years old. Is there anything, anything, any hope for Yan Gomes to be productive for fantasy teams this year? I don't know. He's really old. I, I, I just, it's kind of... I think Jan Gomes playing more down the stretch says less about Jan Gomes and more about <laughs> Sean Murphy in terms of Sean Murphy just kind of falling off in the second half. Granted, for the second year in a row, Jan Gomes has a 104 weighted runs created plus with a solid batting average for a catcher, 284 last year, 268 this year. Um, in OBP leagues, he's not really that great, but he's hitting the ball a little bit for power. He, kind of having a Kurt Suzuki light yeah. year, I guess. That, that, that's when I look at that stat line, uh, Kurt Suzuki would put up a little bit of a higher on base. All right, final four. But, uh, just, seems I'm just going to throw them at you. Lamonte Wade Jr., Austin Hayes, Pavin Smith, Evan Longoria. These are the four worst players, according to Woba, on this 38-player uh, list. Uh, I don't know. Just lightning round them as fast as you can. Uh, who, are, who are the four again? You're cutting, uh, you cut out on me. Sorry, Lamonte Wade as well. Oh, I, I like Lamont Wade Jr. I really like him. He slept on. A uh, good power speed threat. He was real. He was good even when he was in Minnesota. Um, he just never got a, a chance on the big league squad because they had guys like Byron Buxton and Max Kepler. Who Max Kepler kind of made Lamont Wade Jr. Um, redundant. But yeah, Lamont Wade, great pickup by San Francisco. Purely a pl- he is a platoon lefty. He is a platoon lefty. So you are right. You can gripe about that. Austin and San Francisco loves their platoons this year. Yeah, like clearly Tampa of the West Coast. Uh yeah, that's why they're so successful. Because why? Why why go with regular time players when you can just do part-time players? Uh, that sounds that's why that use like... many why use many players when few players do trick like Kevin from the office. Hey, hey you guys, <laughs> why use all these regular playing players when you can just use different players to play the same position? It's less work <laughs> for everybody and more production for everybody else. Oh, God. I use this number as a placeholder for the other numbers I don't understand. <laughs> Um, speaking of which, Austin Hayes, uh, Austin, he's didn't he? He's had a good like, or has he been really bad or really good? Uh, I, I remember as of July 30. I mean, he does play every day, so that's a good thing. He's and he's playing every day, uh, in the uh, outfield that should have been there for the Orioles since 2018 or 2019. But you have an outfield of Austin Hayes, DJ Stewart at DHing, Anthony Santon there, Cedric Mullins. This is what the uh, Orioles always wanted from their outfield, right? And now that they have it, they still suck, but. As of July 30th, he has been struggling a lot lately. Just there's no discernible skill set that I want to brag about with Austin Hayes right now. He, I just don't think has the hit tool. And I think he's one of those righty guys that when he faces major league pitching, they just have to, they, they don't have to throw him a strike because he's going to swing. Right. Uh, granted, he has 13 home runs this year. I didn't realize he had that many on the year. Um, but he's, you know, this is like his third time where he's had, you know, a cup of coffee in the big leagues. And at his 2019 was, you know, at that last month of the year, everyone loved him. Uh, he put up like one war in 20 something games and batted over 300. And then 2020, it was like he batted 280, like cool, but no authority. 
Um, and then this year, now he has 13 home runs, but his batting average is down the tank and at 240 with a sub 300 on base. Uh, I guess like my most positive outlook here is maybe he can still be Harrison Bader, which even then is like, I'm not sure how much of a compliment that is. Uh, it's a decent compliment because Bader's been doing pretty. Wait, am I confusing him with somebody else? I don't know. It's late. Pavin Smith is the next guy on the list. He's been really in a very awful slump after uh, showing some signs of life uh, last month. Uh, I know you're a big fan. Um, he's going to bounce back from this, is he, right? Of, of course he is. And I think he's proved himself to the organization and has really solidified himself. He's you know played what seems like almost every day for that team. Yeah. Uh, he's played in 106 games. And he, I, I look at his WRC plus and I'm like, he's better than that. Cause it's at 98, but it's a 271 slash line, 326 on base and a 413 slugging. And he's just had these months where he'll hit the ball, like these up and down uh, in terms of hitting the ball hard and really good quality of contact. Yeah. It's um, he's still young. Power was never his calling card. I, I still think he could not necessarily grow into some power, but really learn to tap into more of it consistently. And I think he's proven himself uh, to the point where Christian Walker is might be on the outs. Yeah. I think, uh, so I, I, I think Pavin Smith, uh, Pavin, sorry. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. Uh, Cause Seth beer has been great in triple a. And if there is by some crazy chance, no DH, uh, maybe Seth beer plays first base, maybe Pavin Smith goes to right field. Um, I, th- I think that Arizona team is going to look very different next year. I think David Peralta is gone. Cole Calhoun will be gone. Uh, Cattell Marte could be gone. Uh, they just promoted. Um, they're a really good top prospect outfielder. There's two of them that are basically the same, really good hit tools. One tore his shoulder at the beginning of the year. The other just got promoted to AAA and is a center fielder. I think it's Thomas. Thomas, Thomas is the one. That, Alec? Alec yeah, Thomas? Alec Thomas. Yeah, Alec Thomas. Really? Corbin Carroll tore up his shoulder at the beginning of the year. Ah, okay. But uh, Alec Thomas just went up to AAA. He was he was crushing double A. I mean, it was just stupid. Oh, I thought you were, you were talking that he got promoted to the big league. Club. Oh no, not, no, 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 no. He got promoted okay. to triple A. That makes so, more like, sense. Okay. So I could see Cattell Marte possibly traded in the offseason, even though he's on like a 60 double pace this year. Um, if they really wanted to restack that farm system and kind of retool on the fly, um, Cattell Marte would be the guy to move. And Alec Thomas, who had a 134 WRC plus in double A this year with 10 home runs, eight stolen bases. Uh, could very easily fill that hole in center field. All right, last guy on the list, Evan Longoria, yes or no? Uh, he was doing really, really good before he got hurt, but I have no clue what he's been doing since he came back. Um, he's only played in five games. I mean, he's just yeah. came back. He's at 30, he was 34% last week. He's up to 36% ownership rate this week. But uh, yeah, it's a, uh, to me, it's a work in progress. I know that a lot of the podcasts I listened to over this weekend were very excited to see his name show up on these lists. But uh, uh, let's see, where is he now? Evan Longoria. Yeah, he's on the bench right now. Uh, uh, you mentioned it earlier, platoon. Yeah, it, him, like Tommy Lestella's played a lot of third base. Wilmer Flores has played a lot of third base. Chris it, Bryant. Yeah, uh, Chris Bryant. I didn't even th- think about him. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, his numbers have been like just so good the last two years. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell does this mean? Um, I just, I, I don't think he stays in San Francisco after this year. I think KB stays. So maybe Evan Longoria is playing for one last contract. Yeah. 
He's so, going to go to the Yankees. <laughs> oh, no, I don't think It's so. Chase Headley all over again. No, there's no way on God's green. No, there's no way on God's green <laughs> earth that he goes back, to, that he goes to the Yankees. Uh, if anything, he looks like he might go to the Diamondbacks just because oh. they're the Diamondbacks, right? No, but yeah, I'm he's crushing, crushing lefties. He has a unbelievably good 1,227 OPS against lefties this year. Um, 735 OPS against righties. So well, well, he's definitely just, some platoon issues here. Yeah, he's definitely getting his bearing straight. He just came back. He's uh, trying to get his timing back. I forgot what the injury was, but regardless, that's the list right there. 38 players. Uh, some of them are useful. Some of them are not. Some of them might bounce back. Some of them might be on the dip. It is up to you to decide which direction you want to take your team. If At any rate, I hope for those who don't play fantasy baseball, you learn uh, a little bit of uh, – Maybe what would you say coming attractions in the future there, Sean? Yeah, possibly. Possibly N- names possibly. that you haven't heard before. You might be hearing a lot of more often. At least that's there. the whole yeah. point of these shows and these episodes. With all that being said, uh, I hear my baby crying. I haven't seen her all day. For Sean, I am Felipe. Let's call it a night. We will see you next week. Bye, guys. <laughs>